We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Aaron Rodgers looking for Devontae Adams. He's got it! DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor, touchdown. Hello and welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined by my co-host, as always. It is Sean Siegel. He's also the co-host of the Stealing Bananas podcast. Before I forget, as we go through the show, there was actually a bonus edition of Stealing Bananas uh, yesterday with Sean and Ben recapping Week 17. Um, so, in terms of anyone who is already subscribed to that feed, they got that bonus edition once it came out. So, make sure you are subscribed. Get those shows as they come out uh, another fantastic episode from the guys but sean this week we had a lot of uh, people interacting with us in terms of where they could find live links to see how the scoring was going in the best ball tournament see how things were playing out we have talked a lot about it over the last couple of weeks there was a hundred thousand dollar top prize up for grabs a lot of people probably have seen on twitter or, or true uh, some different you know kind of interactions that we didn't make it all the way to the very tippy top sean off that leaderboard we finished in the second spot and we did say on last week's show if we didn't win it we were rooting for fellow rotoviz writer uh, connor driscoll to try and get into that first place and and that's the way it worked out so we didn't get there we finished two and a half points short we were rooting for jarvis landry on monday night football they had those end zone targets at the end which would have swung things around um, it was a very interesting thing when you look back you could say if this went this way if this went that way there's lots of ways we could look but at the same time if our players didn't score as many points as they did we also wouldn't have been in that spot so uh first place going to to connor driscoll um make sure if you're not already following him on twitter it is at drico out which is d-r-i-c-o-o-u-t but Sean, a one-two finish for rotoviz we also had um you know that team being co managed by blair andrews and and then we also on top of that had uh curtis patrick having a, a pretty good 
tournament over at underdog as well so some big prize money in the, the best ball game for the rotoviz team uh, we also have had a lot of shout outs on twitter for the content throughout the year as, as some of the community uh the rotoviz community have absolutely crushed it and taken home some real big prize money as well um and of course the ffpc and the football guys players championship wrapping up this week as well we had a, a couple of people there coming coming some pretty good spots so all in all sean second place finish wasn't first place but it, it, it's still a one-two finish for the viz yeah i mean it's just the most exciting thing right and it's hard not to be a little heartbroken the first image that flashed through my head this morning i mean i woke up and instantly like eyes not even open yet just you know in the mind i see jarvis landry looking over the one shoulder looking over the other shoulder and putting his hands out late and almost like you know he's trying not to make the catch because he hates baker mayfield but <laughs> uh, yeah i mean if he catches that we're first instead connor is which it, Connor is the greatest guy. He had the better team. He definitely deserved to win. We'll have Connor on one of the shows we record tomorrow. Go out, I believe, on Thursday. So we're really excited to talk to him. Uh, so many twists and turns over the weekend. Obviously, our team and Connor's team especially benefited from the Cincinnati Bengals. We had Joe Burrow, who, I mean, he was really the guy that we thought was going to determine so many of these fantasy contests because he was the one quarterback who was both a top level passer and then surrounded by incredible weapons and yet very affordable. And Ben and I talked yesterday quite a bit on the show about the structural elements of the draft. Colin, that's one of the things that you and I go over a lot. It's one of the things that we write about a lot in the best ball workshop, you know, really where you, I mean, just almost have to draft these players. And that doesn't mean the players will outside these windows won't hit or that you couldn't occasionally make other things work because obviously you can't, I mean, the exact players that go off is going to determine how you know the numbers play out and whether or not you win, but you just have such a gigantic advantage if you draft the players in the right places. So Burrow is really the guy who kind of fit into that. And a couple other players who were a little bit more expensive, but also had paid off very nicely throughout the season players like Matthew Stafford and Jalen Hurts. Obviously they didn't have the huge games down the stretch that played in there. Uh, we had talked before on the show, I think, about how Connor actually had both of those guys, Burrow and Hertz, gave him the two options there. And then obviously a very strong build throughout the season in terms of how those guys scored, since Hertz was one of the real stories of the 2021 season, especially for fantasy, maybe from a reality perspective. Uh, the Eagles are more a solid team and they benefit from his strengths. They're limited somewhat by his weaknesses, but for fantasy, he's been very, very good. So we see that element of it. He has the absolutely huge game here this time this week it was paired with jamar chase which put all of those borough chase teams in absolutely fantastic position it was exciting to see that play out after there you know there were some pretty serious chunks of the year where the Bengals just weren't playing that way and it was it was pretty mystifying really i mean one of the things that we always talk about is you don't know what's going to happen and you want to build these teams that have the ability to benefit from chaos, the ability to get better. Now, in a redraft environment, that's a lot different than in a best ball environment. Obviously, in the redraft environment, you are able to make some moves to accentuate what you did in the original draft. The best ball teams, it's so important to emphasize the structure because you're going to be stuck with those guys. So you're going to need to benefit from the chaos within the group of players that you already have. So you have to be built 
for that element, it was nice to have Burrow come through at the end for us. We had him paired with Aaron Rodgers, which worked nicely since we also had Devontae Adams. Now, in retrospect, it would have been great, obviously, to have some Bengals guys in there. One of the things that was kind of interesting is that when Zachary Kruger and I did so much of our planning for the tournament, and for anybody who listens but didn't see it last year, you've got to look forward to this year. Colin and Zach did a really cool best ball pod series during the summer. If you listen to that, then you know, you're probably sitting at home with some pretty good prize money right now. But when Zach and I did our drafts and, and he and I advanced one of our two teams and it, it did go out in the first round of the playoffs, which was unfortunate, but still a very good result. We were excited about that. We have built a lot of our approach around this idea of trying to play this Chiefs Bengals week 17 shootout. And obviously that shootout took place for other managers who did that. And there were some Tyreek Hill things. I almost think that uh, just kind of looking back and I think that the other Burrow chase team, actually had Tyreek Hill. And the reason we were able to sneak ahead of them is because Hill had the bad game. And so that part of it was really surprising, right? To have this shootout between the Bengals and the Chiefs that Hill didn't really participate in, that was a shocker. Also probably the reason the Chiefs lost and only got those three points in the second half that didn't allow them to come through. So we see some elements of that, but also ways in which, you know, that made sense. It would have played out to an extent if we had been able to get there with that team. But some of, those are some of the things that we were looking at but also emphasizing that you want to do that within the regular structure of the draft. You want to have a few of those pairings or stacks in your lineup to benefit, like Connor benefited from this massive burrow chase game, but you don't want to end up reaching for players or planning it out so rigorously ahead of time that you can't make the moves. You know, one of the, the stacks that looked very good in our, our buddy Mike had, uh, Pete had for his underdog team, uh, obviously Peter Overset from Ship Chasing, who is uh, one of the best overall minds in fantasy, one of the best best ball players in fantasy, and one of the best zero RB drafters in fantasy. His team, I believe, finished eighth and had Chase and had Prescott uh, with some of the Cowboys there, Lamb and Gallup. And unfortunately for him, I mean, if C.D. Lamb had come to play these last couple of weeks and or I really mean the Dallas Cowboys play callers because I'm going to put it on them, uh, then, you know, Pete would be sitting on a million dollars right now. So uh, frustrating, I think, that Lamb wasn't more involved, especially considering there were actually no Lamb teams in our final 12. He could have gone off and won Pete the million without adversely affecting us. So that would have been great. But, yeah, we want to build these things in without sacrificing other things that are that are important. And so that's one of the things that we do look at there, Colin. Uh, you know, the real story in so many ways, specifically for this league, and, and Ben described it yesterday as intimate. I really liked having the 12 teams at the end. Everybody that we've talked to absolutely loved this FFPC best ball tournament. And so, I, I mean, I expect it to be phenomenally successful for them next season. Really liked this playoff format, really liked being down in the final 12. Obviously, that's going to be influenced a little bit like by you know, whether or not you were lucky enough to make it if you were a team that missed but would have made it through at a different one of the leagues. And obviously you're going to be a little bit frustrated, but it was, it was a lot of fun to be in the final 12. You had given us so much cool info about what needed to happen. Uh, the stories, I mean, so many stories, obviously Rashad Penny and, and the things that he did. Uh, but really in terms of the highlight stuff, the things that everybody will have seen because of access to the Sunday night and Monday night games, it was really a story of terrible quarterback play uh, from Connor's perspective. 
know, losing Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson from our perspective, losing Jarvis Landry. Now, Connor's team was better. That was one of the reasons like we felt that it was okay for him to finish first. If that's how it played out, our team, I mean, Justin Jefferson should have outscored Jarvis Landry by a much wider margin. But we see some things here with Kirk Cousins and with Baker Mayfield where, I mean, I don't think either one of these guys should be starting for NFL teams next year. But I can also say <laughs> with very little doubt that they will be because you see a situation with Carson Wentz, somebody else who went through some of these struggles last season and comes back and leads his team to the brink of the playoffs, but then obviously isn't there for him at the crucial point. And we have some guys here who are very borderline passers and also from an outside perspective. And it's important to, to note, this is very much an outside perspective. It may look very different on the inside and having coached, obviously having been on teams, I think most of our listeners know this as a player, you have one perspective as a coach, you have another perspective as a fan, you have a third perspective and you definitely don't know what's going on behind the curtain. But I think it's especially frustrating when you have quarterbacks who are very limited arm talents and also appear to be very poor decision makers. I mean, if you can't pass the ball, at least be a leader. And we don't really feel like we're getting that from these guys. Yeah, there's a, like watching, you know, on a weekly basis, and I know being a Packers fan, uh, a little bit spoiled watching Aaron Rodgers, but, you know, there's a lot of these guys. You mentioned Mayfield, and if we talk about um, Wentz, like Wentz having that, you know, touchdown to T.Y. Hilton this week, which really, if that happens another 50 times, there's going to be a, a lot of those. It's actually going to be an interception. So some fluky plays, but like some of these guys, you know, completing 10-yard passes looks to be a, a maximum struggle. And I know Ben Roethlisberger is likely – to be retiring that was likely to be his final game at home for the Steelers at Heinz Field on Monday Night Football but like it's a real struggle for some of these guys to you know to get anything done and then you're looking at you know I I you I could go as close as half of the entire league have quarterbacks at the moment who are below average level starters and there, there's a real gap between some of the, the quality and then once we get into a situation where a quarterback is out so we have done our fair share of Kurt Cousins bashing over the, the season but uh you know when you when you switch him out you see how you know much of a drop off there is to somebody below him so um lots of poor quarterback play around the league so hopefully that'll start to improve a little bit and just some bad play calling in general as well to go along with it on, on some of those offenses Hey everybody, this is Dave Cabin from the Rotoviz flagship podcast. Just stopping by to say thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. We're offering our listeners a special 10% discount when they use the promo code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Again, that's 10% off a one-year subscription when you use the promo code RVRADIO2021. Thanks for listening and keep on tuning in. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It is interesting with that. You mentioned uh, we had Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. We were on the opposite side of that coin where I, I can't feel too bad that Aaron Rodgers and Adams were pulled out in the fourth quarter where we could have got more points there when the fact is that Justin Jefferson and Cook not scoring was also part of the reason for them not scoring. So at, in the end up, that, that could have made a big difference for Sean, but I don't think based on the way Jefferson and Cook's scoring was that we can feel too aggrieved by that. How, how's your thoughts on that? That was one that I played around in my head with throughout Monday as we waited for that final game, but I think that if if uh, the Vikings put up more points, it's very unlikely that you know Adams goes on to outscore both Justin Jefferson and Cook the way he did. Yeah, no, I mean that that game. I mean, it was a miracle, right? If you get to the point that we got in these tournaments, you have to get lucky. You have to have some uh, lesser scenarios come through for you, and to have a game where. Rodgers threw all of the points to Devontae Adams. Uh, there was an Alan Lazard touchdown. Lazard looked pretty good in this game, but but almost exclusively the points to Adams, which was what we needed, and for them to score so many points in that first half. I mean, you can always lament not having both halves, but you know that one of the reasons why you didn't get the second half is because the first half was so efficient and so successful, right? And so you're going to have a little bit of a self-limiting element there. You always kind of root for a shootout. In our particular situation, a shootout wouldn't have necessarily benefited us for the reasons that you mentioned. It would have uh, created a little bit more of a gap in terms of Connors and our team from the field, which would have made Monday even a little bit more relaxing. Uh, there were still some teams that had a very outside shot. I mean, you're talking about needing to get like 40 plus games from either one of the two quarterbacks and then Harris and Claypool. Claypool obviously didn't show up. Harris played his the best game of his career. So a, a great performance from him there. Finally looked like the enthusiast expected him to look this season where he was finally able to actually show off a little bit of that athleticism. He was finally able to create a few of the big plays. The stiff arms actually created more yardage as opposed to just looking good and then him being tackled without running forward anymore. Uh, he'd look great and they need him as the centerpiece this was a game where Deontay Johnson does score, but, but kind of struggled. Claypool has the great athleticism, but it's really come back down to earth in terms of actual production. We'll see if better quarterback play 
fixes some of that in the years going forward. I, I think this is a great time to buy on those guys, but you're not going to get massive discounts. I mean, we had uh, some leagues this year where Claypool was available, but still available at a point where you're going to have to give up a reasonable piece. And in the game last night, we saw him again fail to make a bunch of contested catches. Now, he's going to make some of those going forward. It's not like you know his career is in a shambles or anything, but when given a chance this year, he has mostly not made plays. And one of the things we've seen with a couple of these guys who've had some individual breakouts, you know, you think about a DJ Chark, you think about a Chase Claypool, even to an extent you think about a Terry McLaurin, although McLaurin has been better for longer, has been much more able to maintain his target volume, especially when you're looking at market share types of stats, and has been limited by Washington having very, very poor quarterback play, not having a secondary receiver, which makes all the defensive attention go on him. But we have seen some of these guys who came in as players who weren't as productive in college as you might have guessed from their athleticism and then from how they played either in year one or year two. And now they they no longer look the same. Again, McLaurin's someone who's going to go high in drafts next year. I don't think that his career either is in a problematic area. But the guys who dominated in college have the athleticism came in with the high draft picks, look good early. Those are still much safer selections in fantasy. And at this point, we would say have have much better forward-looking careers. So the Steelers need Harris to be a centerpiece for their offense. They need him to really be more involved again in the passing game. So much of what he did yesterday was as a runner. They need both of those elements. Uh, it's it's going to be an interesting offseason for Pittsburgh but they also have to be encouraged about how their defense played yesterday. One of the things you mentioned right before we started recording is all of the sacks that Baker Mayfield took. It's just so hard to evaluate some of these guys. I mean, they, they go through some decent stretches and Mayfield was really fantastic to finish 2020. And, you know, that's just not something that happens by a fluke in the NFL. Anybody who can go through even one stretch of very good quarterback play when you're talking about that level, you know, you can't necessarily give up on them. You can't say, oh, it was just fluky. You know, maybe a little bit of the efficiency was compared to what they otherwise do. You know, you have Joe Flacco gets paid these absurd amounts of money because he does have that one hot stretch where his team even wins the Super Bowl, right? And we know that Joe Flacco, not someone who you really would have ever wanted as your starting quarterback, except for that little stretch that he had. But with Mayfield, it's, it's difficult to determine kind of what the outlook is because of the injuries. And he's in this situation where he and the Browns are kind of at odds over how all of this was handled. And, you know, he's saying I'm playing hurt. The Browns are more or less saying, you know, if you're hurt, we need to bench you. We have Case Keenum. There's not a huge difference in talent level between you two guys. You know, don't keep giving us these excuses of you're awful, but you're hurt. I mean, if you're, if you're hurt to the point that you're awful, then stop hurting the team, right? Get yourself on the bench. And don't tell us you're going to play in week 18 to, based on the results of a conversation with your agent, right? I mean, that's not, that's not the way that these things work if the team is what you're concerned about, right? And so then, like, yeah, I mean, he's probably not 100%, but you look at Mayfield, he doesn't have escapability, right? So the scrambling ability that he demonstrated at Oklahoma – appears to be very definitely the result of how spread defenses were in terms of trying to deal with the massive talent gap that Oklahoma presented to the opposing teams that they're playing. 
right? So you have, you know, basically nobody on the field there. So you can run a little bit. The Steelers, again, demonstrated last night. He's an easy guy to sack. When he does get out and scramble a little bit, he's not somebody you're worried about gaining tons of yardage. He does have that hit that he puts on the defender that's really pretty poor sportsmanship there because we know the defenders are not really allowed to hit the quarterbacks in the same situation. That's not toughness. That's more or less a cheap shot that's legal. And so, I mean, you have Mayfield out there. He doesn't bring that. He doesn't have the arm strength to throw the ball to the boundary, which is more or less a throw that an NFL quarterback has to make. And after <laughs> one of the throws that you know would have more or less tied the contest last night, um, out to the boundary, boundary to Landry. Uh, I mean, you can tell just from his body language, Landry is you know basically just massively rolling his eyes at like, no, what what is that pass? I mean, that's not an NFL style pass. And then he also can't throw the ball over the middle, right? Because he's short and he doesn't avoid the, the defensive line. So, I mean, he went through a stretch there yesterday with 10 or 11 consecutive incomplete passes and all of those were bad down. And so, you know, that, if you can't throw good. to the boundary and you can't throw to the middle, you know, where can you throw? And that's one of the things that, you know, we give Odell Beckham some trouble too. And I, and he is responsible for his portion of it. But, you know, as the season has played out since he left, the first game there, Mayfield has the huge game. It makes Beckham look pretty bad. Since then, things have gone downhill, and you can see Beckham's side of it. I mean, what throws does Mayfield make? I mean, he throws a very catchable, medium, deep ball, and guys are wide open. <laughs> you know, so that's great. It's, it's good that you can throw that fast. Uh, but... But again, when we get in these situations, it was it was difficult to understand the Browns play calling. There really did almost seem to be an element where Kevin Stefanski saying we're eliminated from the playoffs. We want to see what Baker Mayfield can do because, you know, we're going to go in a different direction. And this game is going to show why we need to do that. There's no reason when we're eliminated to risk Nick Chubb, who is far and away the best player in our offense and one of the top you know, three or four running backs in the NFL. People are like, why aren't you running him? It's like, well, that's not the player we want to get hurt in this game. And so really just a complete train wreck from the Cleveland Browns last night. It was a complete train wreck from the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday night. We expect a lot of changes there in Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, Mayfield and Kirk Cousins are the type of quarterbacks where the Denver Broncos had them instead of Teddy Bridgewater, then they'd be one of those teams that tries to sneak into the back of the playoffs every season, but you just can't go anywhere with these guys, right? Because you have to build a Super Bowl caliber team around them in order to get the last wild card spot. That, that's not a path to success in the NFL from a franchise perspective that, you know, we talk so much about structural drafting and, and how to construct a team in fantasy when you're looking at how you want to construct a team in the NFL doing it like that is a non-starter because you have to have so many things that you're good at to cover up your quarterback. Just while it's on my mind, Sean, we did do our show last week um, with Mike Leone when we were talking about the, the best ball tournament. He was one of the other finalists and we uh, did it and posted it up on our YouTube channel. So we uh, we don't tend to get those shows. Uh, we don't we don't tend to, we record everything on video, but we tend to not release the video. But uh, it's something that we may think of doing over 
this coming off season grow our youtube channel and then and our audience there as well i was just looking today there's 275 uh subscribers to that youtube channel going to put a, a little bit of a challenge out there to our road of his overtime uh listeners if that can get bumped up to tw- 300 so we'll get 25 more on that in the next week we will start releasing uh, some of our shows on videos uh, throughout the off season so a little bit of a, a challenge there to you as we look to grow it um head on over to the the road of his youtube channel and uh, hit the subscribe button um we we would like to to move forward and grow that channel as well so uh get on over and hit the like button you'll get all the videos when they come out uh, hassan and blair do their road of his report there each and every time they hosted so uh, don't miss out on any of those shows but sean you mentioned um you know and we talked about it the the success for the road of his uh kind of community the road of his writers and and so on over the last couple of weeks in baseball and you know the the structure and the importance of the structure in those drafts i did want to bring up uh the creator of some of the great tools on the side we've talked about him a lot and that is mike beers and you know usually i mention you know beers i talk about the tools we're going to do that in a way but it is my way to segue into the mfl 10 of death which we talk about each and every season here on the show but sean had been uh you know a three-time champ at this point was hoping to to get a four-timer going this year but he did finish second in this one as well i'm not trying to rub in the second place finishes sean for you this week but here's another baseball one but I just wanted to say congrats to Mike, who uh, is you know somebody who is a, a leader kind of among the best ball community for the work that he has done um, and what the work he has done at Rotoviz. And, and he came in in first place there in the eighth annual MFL 10 at death. Um, so fantastic. Uh, shout out to him, Mike Clay, coming in, in third as well in that one. So just uh, coming up a little bit short this year, Sean, but Mike being a, a worthy winner there. Well, who let Mike into this contest? Right. I mean, <laughs> he's not supposed to be in there. No, we, Mike is fantastic. Just so grateful to have had the chance to work with him and have the tools on the site. Uh, he's the best, best ball mind in the industry. And it's a huge one. He won that league going away. So uh, a great job by him. Not a surprise at all. I, I would consider him to be the favorite every season there. Uh, if you haven't checked out the tools, you're going to absolutely love them. As things kind of come to a conclusion here, obviously we have a week 18 this year. The season uh, continues to stretch on. For anybody who needs a little bit of a break, you finally have one. You don't necessarily have to play fantasy in week 18, although obviously there are plenty of opportunities to do so. Uh, If you're immediately craving that and you've had your title, you won your championship last week and you're thinking, what can I get into in week 18? Obviously you have a ton of options out there. If you need a rest, you can finally take one. Once everything calms down, look at these tools fired up again with the new info. And I mean, so much of what we do in the Best Ball Workshop and so many of the reasons that our listeners and subscribers have had such great success in 2021 is owed to Mike. So again, a big thanks to him and congrats, uh, MFL 10 of Den Death Champion for 2021. The other thing Sean I wanted to mention on that is uh, Pat Thurman did tweet out the results. That's where I, I seen the, the running order of the top three. But he did also uh, tag you in it as at FF underscore contrarian. So whenever you do log back into your, your Twitter account in the distant future, um, there will be that notification waiting there for you. <laughs> I do notice when I get screenshots from people that uh, you and the gang just, just refer to me by name. Don't mislead people as to whether or not they're going to uh, get the the interaction there. 
it is something that is a possibility for the future. I jokingly mentioned on Stealing Bananas that if we could get that uh, to 200,000. You came in there at, at 300 for- Yeah, I was thinking I would been like, I just wanted to make sure the listeners know that that is a legit 300. If we hit 300, it's not like yes or no, but I still don't know if Sean has confirmed that if he hits 200,000 sub uh, followers on Twitter that he actually will go back. I actually will. I actually will. <laughs> it's it's not something that I think I have to worry about in like the next week or so. But you you mentioned 300. If we get to 1,000 and there's going to be a lot more content. I know a lot of people, if, if there's not a ton of content at any given time, you know, you might think, well, I'll wait until they're doing a little bit more at that. Obviously, you do want to get the show from Hassan and Blair. It's absolutely fantastic. There's going to be a lot more stuff on there. I call them you and Zach do some of your stuff on there. And Zach has done some really cool stuff on there. He's going to be doing a lot of great stuff for 2022 on the channel. So it's a great reason to subscribe. And I think once people know that it's, you know, it, it's more compelling, right? So you're going to get some content. We get to a thousand on there and we'll give out a free rookie guide. We'll give out a free uh, year subscription to Rotoviz uh, through the show here. So we'll be helping keep track with you on that. People who signed up the, obviously the current subscribers will get two entries. The new subscribers will get one entry. We want to give a big uh, early subscriber bonus to the folks who were in that original cohort. But no, we're going to give you guys a great chance to, to win some prizes here and get some great content on the YouTube channel there. So I just wanted to throw that out uh, and support the work that the folks are doing. And also there'll be some ceiling band stuff on there from time to time. There'll be some OT stuff on there from time to time. You'll enjoy that, I believe. So yeah, go subscribe over to the YouTube there. You will enjoy it. Sean's really up in the ante there. So the, this wasn't something that we had talked about before the show. So uh, Sean really up in the game. So it is, there is two Rotoviz channels up there. The one that I'm talking about is Rotoviz Video. So it's Rotoviz Video and you'll see uh, our show with Mike Leone is one of the latest shows there. You'll see some with Blair and Hassan. But yeah, do do that. I, I know even prior to the success that we had in the, the best ball final over the last week, I know Zach has been, uh, you know, we've been DMing each other. We've been like coming up with ideas for more best ball content. So we are uh, chomping at the bit to get going there. So some people might be slowing their content down. Uh, we'll be keeping basically keeping it at this level or even ramping it up further if that's possible um, over the next couple of weeks and couple of months and we'll be talking as well about some of the playoff contests that will be coming up as well so lots of stuff coming your way uh, we are just getting started as we get ready for the nfl draft and then free agency and, and everything that goes on in between and we'll be back at draft season for your fantasy leagues before we know it so lots of dynasty content and, and much more to talk through so head on over to youtube click that subscribe button on the rotoviz video feed and we'll have more content coming your way excited to see what the off season holds i think that's a perfect kind of way sean to start to wrap up the show but also to mention to the listeners it is basically our, our first true show of the new year we did have our show that came out on saturday that was recorded last week we did do a brief kind of thank you message at the end of it but thanks to everyone who did tune in throughout um 2021 it was by far our most successful year ever in terms of road of his radio content and in terms of download numbers and the shows and everything i think obviously stealing banana has been a massive part of that that was a very fun project to work on throughout 2021 and looking forward to seeing where all the shows and that go as we head into 2022 but uh thanks to everyone who did um listen in. we had a number of big milestones over the year so 
the thing with hitting milestones, uh, I think Sean's very similar to me, is once you hit them, you you go to the next number and you think next year, let's hit that or next month, let's hit that. So we are, we're going to keep driving forward and we do thank you for tuning in to each and every show. That is going to do it for today's edition of the podcast. We teased it earlier. We will have Connor Driscoll coming on to talk about his first place finish when he did defeat us and bring us down in the Vesp All Tournament over at the FFPC. But Connor, as Sean mentioned earlier, is a, a really good guy, and we're looking forward to talking through that with him. That will be on Thursday's edition. We will have our Saturday show as well coming out. We will have more time now over the next couple of weeks and months as well to dive into specific content that you are looking to talk about as we will have the off season to talk more strategy and things like that. So any questions, any comments you have for what you would like to see on the show, send them my way on Twitter at Overtime Ireland or send an email over to OvertimeIreland at gmail.com or else rotavizradio at gmail.com. We'll try and implement as many of those questions and topics into the show as we move forward. Remember, you can sign up to a Rotoviz NFL pass at rotaviz.com forward slash podcast. You can add the code RVRadio2021 at checkout. That gets you access to all of the tools, the best ball tools we talked about. We will have the best ball workshop coming up and much, much more up on the website. Get access to all of that content and tools. Get yourself a discount as well as a loyal podcast listener. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtim Ireland. And my co-host is Sean Siegel. I did mention earlier in the show, Sean and Ben did have a Monday show on Stealing Bananas. So if you're looking for more NFL content, check that one out. We will be back on Thursday with another podcast. So until then, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>